Across the UK, overnights with Martin Kellner. There is a place I'd give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico That's where we're going now to uh, Mexico, to Campeche in Mexico. And let's uh, say uh, a warm welcome to John Bonfilio. John, thanks uh, ever so much for joining us. Good evening. Good morning. How are things? Not too bad yourself? Yeah, all good. All good at the centre things. I had a bit of a rabbit hole this afternoon because I was going through different time zones of people across the world and and the the different areas, geographical areas that they might be listening to you from and then mm-hmm. i started wondering who the most remote listener uh you have maybe you, you've discussed this before but i bet there's somebody really really far away from everybody else that actually listens to your show religiously somewhere on earth uh peter haggerty listens in new zealand is that about mm. as far as you it's about as far as you can get isn't it I mean, there are other people in New Zealand, so I mean, it's far away from the UK, <laughs> but yes. it's not, you know, the most remote place on earth. Right, uh, you meant remote in that sense. Yeah, I thought you meant yeah, sort of. Someone... Go on. Uh, yes, I thought you meant sort of remote, as in a long way away. Yeah, no, I just sort of meant somebody on an island of three people, with a with a you know transistor radio, that every Friday <laughs> and Saturday night. Uh, religiously they save up their batteries uh, to switch onto your show <laughs> that kind of thing yeah that is very remote i'm not sure i'm not sure that happens we're, we're actually going off transistor radios because we have been on uh, medium wave for a long i mean you wouldn't get us on a transistor radio in a on a remote island in the south pacific anyway um and they're too busy singing there's nothing like a dame um so yeah but we're, oh, a computer you know it'd be somebody that'd have to have a decent sort of yeah. internet connection on or, a satellite uh, phone on a boat yes. in the pacific yeah. well, well we'll throw that challenge out i mean we do have listeners in places that i'm not that familiar with you know we have listeners in vietnam and the philippines but i think largely in urban areas you know there are areas that expat brits have gone to to live and work so there won't be you know there won't be really remote places you know well, I mean, you, never Phil- know. you never know maybe somebody will somebody will write in <laughs> you, you're very old-fashioned with transistor radios and writing. <laughs> Rain, <in>. writing. <laughs> yes, send us a postcard, and um, the prize will be a one-pound, a one-guinea postal order. We'll send <laughs> a postal order. Out. We'll send a stamp, the Queen's yes. stamp, to you. Correct. We'll send all those stamps with George the Sixth on it. Now, um, let's talk about Latin America. Uh, and uh, in Mexico, mourning the loss of uh, Antonio Carbajal, uh, who played in five World Cups, which is an unbelievable record. He's died at the age of uh, 94. Um, but much-loved goalkeeper. Yeah, he didn't do short things. Five World Cups. First player 
to uh, to play in five World Cups between 1950 and, of course, ending in 66, uh, the famous 66. Mm. He was actually one of his nicknames. He had a lot of different nicknames. One of his nicknames was uh, Cinco Copas, uh, Mr. Five Cups. Uh, mm. And, yeah, Matt, he died on, on Tuesday, uh, the long, ripe age of, of 93, and much loved. Actually, had not really been seen in public for for a long time uh but certainly was one of the what is regarded i think as being even though mexico during that period actually never made it beyond the first round of those world cups actually is it's it, the, the the mexico teams of that period are really regarded you know they're they're seen through rose tinted spectacles in a way um, and he was one of the most important figures of those sides for sure he was um you know a, a, a certain starter in all of those uh, one of the quirks of this is that there are actually six players who've played in five world cups of which three are actually mexican the other three are messi Ronaldo, oh. and lotha mateos who actually uh, equaled uh, Antonio Carvajal's uh, record in 1998. But the other two Mexicans are uh, Andres Guardado and uh, more recently and more well-known Rafa Marquez, who, of course, didn't just represent uh, Mexico, but also played in some of the great greatest Barcelona sides of all time. Yeah, and uh, just looking at the... I mean, he was a manager as well, wasn't he? Um, uh, Antonio Carvajal. Uh, and uh, managed, you know, managed into the 1990s. So, you know, a bit like Roy Hodgson, you know, he kept going for uh, for a long time. Twice won the uh, Copa Mexico, uh, and um, yeah, he had a reasonable record as a manager yeah. as well as a, you know, as well as a player. Yeah, well. I think that's fair to say. As as a manager, as a coach, you know, it was a reasonable record. It definitely didn't reach the heights, maybe that. Uh, was was were, were expected of him, but certainly you know he is what he is remembered for now is all of those World Cups during that period of time where people still just about you know really remember them live, and he is undoubtedly you know, it is the passing of a Mexican football legend, but as so often occurs with these things, it's the passing of an age which is mourned. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk uh, Brazil. The story this week that. Uh, um, Lula, your um, your president, is welcoming um, is welcoming his Venezuelan uh, counterpart, uh, Nicolas Maduro, um, and you know trying to cement relations between Brazil and Venezuela, um, but has come under a fair amount of attack for that. Yeah, I, I don't remember the last time Brazil had a quiet week. I mean, I think we have to go back uh, a year or so to to have a, a non-newsworthy week in, in Brazil. And this week has been absolutely full of it. As you say, Nicolas Maduro of the quasi-failed state of his own doing that is Venezuela was invited to visit Lula and was something of a cast as something of a returning hero. It also pushes Lula's sort of anti-American hegemony that he's really focusing on. Of course, critics have said, that, uh, you know, that he was whitewashing Maduro's record and uh, mocked the, the consistent references to Nicolas Maduro having been legitimately uh, elected. At the moment, there is a BRICS summit in South Africa, Brazil, Russia, India, um, China and South Africa. And they are very publicly speaking about the rebalancing of the global order away from the West. Just earlier this week as well, there was a, a South American summit. These guys, actually all men, hadn't met for 10 years. First time in 10 years that they'd uh, they'd come together and sat down, of which Maduro was also controversially 
uh, present. And that also, surprise, surprise, you know, a lot of the, the, the language coming out of that was about generating an economic and political bloc, something like the EU that was designed, that is designed to benefit the region in brackets and not benefit the USA. So that's, I guess, you know, all of that taking place, added to which we're coming up to the anniversary of the killing of Dom Phillips and Bruno Pereira in the Amazon, which has thrown a, you know, a renewed spotlight uh, on the region. Of course, Lula has been very forthright in his support of indigenous communities and the Amazon, reinstigating checks and balances and running out crime. But actually, Congress, Bolsonaro, uh, his antagonist-led um, Congress, has been pushing back with laws threatening indigenous uh, lands and development and promoting uh, extraction added to which a police chief who's uh, worked in the Amazon between 2010 and 2020 has come out this week and said that the Amazon is in danger of being overrun by the mafia. So, you know, that is a, 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 an incredible list of uh, in an intray to, to be dealing with on a weekly basis. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, just one more story. The uh, Colombian plane crash uh, children are still to be found. Tell, tell me about this story. Yeah, and this this has been begun to remind me now. Do you remember the Thai, uh, the cave children, the football mm. team in Thailand? It's it's a little mm. bit like like that. The sort of the you know the interest in the story, the hysteria uh, around that, the no news but news on a regular basis. And they, they you know it was thought we spoke about it on your show a couple of weeks ago that they'd been uh, rescued, but it turns out that they they had this as a plane crash on the first of May. So they've now been in the Amazon for a month. Uh, it was a light aircraft that crashed. Three adults, four children, four children ranging between 13 years old and an 11-month baby. All three adults died, and the four children from an indigenous community are in uh, in the Amazon jungle uh, by themselves. This week, the soldiers, 300 soldiers who are looking for them um, alongside indigenous communities, discovered recent footprints that they think were only uh, only uh, placed uh, a few days ago and a series of uh, kind of wild mangoes that were partially eaten that they think were eaten by the children. So the search continues and everybody uh, in this what is called Operation Hope really uh, believes, really believes that they are alive and that it's only a matter of time before they are found and brought out, brought out of the jungle. Well, it's an amazing story that, and uh, as you say, you know the interest in it um, remains. Uh, just one, uh, one final thing I want to bring up with you: Have you ever drunk a bottle of Modelo Especial? I have. What's this in? What's? Uh, do you have one in front of you? Oh, no, I think we'll be drinking at work. No. No, I don't. no, no. I just have a bottle of water here in front of me. Um, no, I'll tell you why I mentioned Modelo Especial. Um, Bud Light in America, and you may have seen this story. They um, they had a marketing campaign featuring uh, a transgender uh, person called uh, Dylan Mulvaney, uh, a transgender woman with a lot of followers on TikTok. But the conservative Americans have stopped drinking Bud Light in protest against them using a transgender woman um, to advertise their beer. Uh, and according to a story this week, the Mexican beer Modelo Especial, which is Bud Light's closest competitor, uh, gained 9.2% uh, in sales for the week ending May the 20th. And if the trends so, continue... Sorry, go on. Yeah. That's really interesting because I wouldn't compare Modelo Especial to 
to Bud Light. Like Bud Light, you know, by any man's estimation, is definitely not the highest grade of, no. you know, of, of, of artisanal beer. And Modelo Especial, of all the regularly uh, sourceable beers in Mexico, is one of the poshest, is one of the most sort of highly regarded. So there's definitely not an automatic crossover between the two beers. Like, it's surprising that an, an absence of consumption of Bud Light would immediately go to Modelo Especial. Yes, uh, well, I'm re reading this story, not just Bardello Especial, but of course, some of those other people like Coors Light, Miller Light, uh -huh. and Pabst Blue Ribbon, which are probably more like uh, Bud Light. And I know Bud Light is not highly regarded, and it sets a huge seller, but I have heard American comedians do take the mickey out of Bud Light. I've seen John Oliver on his show, he's always taking the mickey out of Bud Light. Um, but uh, conservative Americans apparently have started drinking Modelo Especial. So I presume that's good news for the export trade from uh, Mexico. Yeah, I mean, Mexican beers do very, very well in, in the US. They increasingly do well, really well uh, in, internationally. Maybe we can cut. Mm. There's actually a lot of interesting chat about Mexican beers. So maybe we can do that on a subsequent show. But they definitely have. They're now one of Mexico's most successful exports alongside some other substances yeah. and they still stick a little wedge of lime in the top of uh, those mexican beers do they or not uh it depends uh, i mean some people do here it's not standard um it's the same way as you know if you drink a tequila you uh, if, if a mexican sees you neck a tequila down a tequila they are going to think you are some kind of savage so the drinking habits are definitely distinct here to what they would be internationally but you occasionally would see a lime more more usually some lime would be squeezed into the top of a beer rather than a lime wedge being placed into the beer. Right. Um, we've um, just had a call, apparently, um, Mark tells me, from uh, Kev in Honolulu, Hawaii, who's a big fan of the show and says, does he win? There's not really a prize, but he says, does he win? There is a prize. He said there was a prize. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said it'd be a prize as well. Yeah. Did you? Well, I'll tell you what. If we get his address next time I'm down there, because um, at the moment I'm broadcasting from my back room at home in uh, Wakefield, it's pretty remote, you know, West Yorkshire. Um, next time I'm down with a copy of my book, if we get um, Mark, are you got a question to ask me? You got a book out. Correct. Next time I'm down with a copy of my book, um, I shall uh, we'll send it to Kev in Honolulu, Hawaii. He'd love that. He's can a, he's I, a super can fan. I just can I just give you a very quick quiz question related to Honolulu? What's the yeah. only state in the well? It's obvious where we're going with this now, but what's the only state in the USA to have the Union Jack on its flag? Is it Hawaii? It is, yeah, because Hawaii <laughs> used to be the Sandwich Islands. They used to belong to the UK and still has the Union Jack on there. Wow. Is that right? I didn't know that. I mean, uh, so, I mean, obviously the, the flag of Hawaii would be the, the Stars and Stripes, but presumably they've, they've got a local flag. The state which flag. Is the state flag, The yeah. state flag. And I'm trying to remember the film that I saw that was all about, uh, was set in Hawaii, and it was all about... I'll, I'll remember it. I'll, I shall look up uh, on Google and uh, I'll pass it on later, rather than, you know, cocking it up with the wrong uh, with the wrong information. Um, well, it's brilliant. We've been all over the place. Uh, John, as always, uh, thank you ever so much. And we'll talk again soon. No problem. Speak soon.
Good man, good man. There we go, John Bonfilio. Uh, joining us from Campeche in uh, Mexico as we pay tribute to that uh, five World Cups, El Chinco, whatever it was, um, Antonio Carvajal, brilliant uh, Mexican goalkeeper. Uh, right, we're going to take a short break and then 